I don't want your five hours of sacrifice. I want obedience. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show we have John Bevere again, and he is talking to us about how obedience is better than sacrifice. This is in the Bible, in in 1 Samuel, where it talks about how David obeyed, and God wanted him to obey and not sacrifice. And so many times in our lives, we go out there and think, oh God, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to fast for three weeks and, you know, do all these amazing things and lay down my life when God just wants you to do what he asks you to do. And sometimes, you know, it might be in the moment he'll ask you to pray for someone or to love someone or to whatever it might be. Um, Or sometimes it might just be in general, you know, because he has called us to love each other and serve one another and do those things. But God wants our obedience. And from obedience comes relationship. If we don't obey God, we're not really in a relationship with him, not in a good relationship with him. Because Jesus even said, my friends are the ones who do my will. And so that's what John is talking to us about today. And he tells some different stories about how he had to obey and how God really convicted him one time because he didn't. Here's John. Hey, wanted to like to continue the conversation with best-selling Arthur John Bevere. He's written a book called Good or God. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, this is great stuff, John. I know you're I know you give God all the credit, but as an author, you're just, I mean, spending time with you, you're just tickled about this book. Well, you know Excited what I say. Excited about it. The reason my name's on that book right yeah, there, because yeah. I was the first guy to get to read it. <laughs> That's it. I really believe it's a message from heaven. All right. We were talking about this whole issue of, of God being jealous for us, this holy jealousy for us. And uh, uh, you write very transparently about uh, your passion for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to let you just take it from here and tell us some lessons God taught you about his jealousy for you. Well, it's not, he's, not, he's, not jealous. he's not jealous against us, he's jealous for us. In other words, he wants us. Yeah. You know, Paul makes a statement in Colossians chapter 3, if you're risen with Christ, set your affections on things above, seek those things which are above, and set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. What our mind is set on is what we're going to seek after. So this is what happened with me. I get saved in my college fraternity. I am now on fire for Jesus. Purdue University. Purdue University. I'm on the varsity tennis team. Yep. I'm in a great fraternity. Were you? Okay. Yeah. And You're a boilermaker. Um, yes, yeah, so a boilermaker. And so in my fraternity house, I just started telling guys about Jesus. Well, they were really getting uncomfortable. And we had a little sister program, and our little sister yep. program was basically girls that slept with guys in the house. Okay, we had it. We had these two biological sisters. They slept with half the guys in the house. I'm I mean, we're talking 80 guys. And we get the one saved. Within 24 hours, she gets the other one saved. And now the vice president comes into my room and says, we're blackballing you because the girls wouldn't sleep with the guys anymore. We never told them anything about it. They're changed by Christ. And so their lives have been changed. And now everyone's upset because their lifestyles have been changed. So by the end of that tenor, um, I remember 80 guys, out of 80 guys, 60 got uh, hated my guts and 20 guys got saved. Because you met John Bevere, you're going to hear about Jesus. Uh-huh. Well, I had, as a student, it's season pick tickets to the Purdue f- football season, right? Well, my junior year, I never went to one game. 
Now, why? Because the fraternity house was empty and I could spend time with God. And it was just like three hours of wonderful time with God. Now, my senior year, I went to a bunch of games. So I'm not saying football games are wrong. But where you were in life your junior year, that's, you just needed that time I wanted with God. To spend and that was the way God. you could express a, a commitment that you want to be set apart with time with the Lord. Yeah, but yeah, but it was just I was so hungry. Yeah, I just yeah. I just want to read my Bible. I want yeah. to pray. Yeah. And so I went to work for Rockwell International in Dallas, and of course I got persecuted there. But they and you're were trained like, as an engineer, am I yep, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm an engineer, but they're not. They're acting a little bit more civilized than the guys in the fraternity. And then I went to work for my church in Dallas, and there was like 400 employees on the staff, and they were fanatic Dallas Cowboy fans. I grew up in Michigan, so I really wasn't a cowboy fan. Well, in order to really be a part of the Monday morning conversations, I started watching the cowboy games, and I started getting an interest in them. And I, I'm now starting to read the stats. I'm the guy that's leading the discussions in the staff, you know, on Monday morning, but it was also Tuesday morning. And then off-season, I'm talking about drafts. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, everything. And in Dallas, Dallas, if, if somebody offered me to go to the game, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. So Dallas, Dallas. Now, let's, let's translate a couple seasons. Lisa and I are coming home from church. Back then, we used to wear suits. Mm -hmm. My suit would stay on. TV would go on. We're watching the Cowboys. Don't even think about having dinner during the Cowboy game. You can try at halftime, but I'll leave the dinner table when the second half starts. If the baby needs a diaper change, you can forget it. I'm not getting, giving you any help. The Cowboys are playing, right? Mm -hmm. So we were in a really critical game. And it was the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. It's towards the end of the season. The winner of the game goes to the playoffs. The loser stays home. Mm -hmm. They're playing in Dallas. I got my TV on. I'm not sitting. I'm standing. Lisa gets as far away from me as possible because she doesn't want to hear this nonsense, right? So the game's exciting. It's exhilarating because they're, they're in the last quarter. There's eight minutes left in the game. The Cowboys are down by four points. But Danny White and the boys are marching the ball down the field, right? Yeah. And I'm on my feet, man. I know they're going to drive it down. They're going to win this game in the last couple minutes. I'm like shouting. I'm screaming. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Great, great, great. All of a sudden, without even saying anything, any, any, any preemptive warning, the Holy Spirit comes on me to pray. Now, you know what I'm talking about? We have that urge, like something's wrong. I need to pray. And I remember out loud, I said, God, there's only eight minutes left in the game. Just, just I'll pray when the game's over. And yet the urge got stronger. And th then I said, you know, about six minutes left in the game. I said, God, I'll pray for five hours when this game's over. I said, there's only six minutes left. The urge kept getting stronger to yeah. pray. So now we're down to two minutes. They're driving the ball down the field. Two-minute warning. Yep. Yeah. And the urge is so strong. And I said, God, I'll pray the rest of the afternoon and into the evening if, I, if you need me to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm your boy. The game's over. The Cowboys won. I'm excited. Yeah. But I'm going to keep my commitment to God. I go upstairs, close my office door. I get down on the carpet. I'm ready to pray. I couldn't pray if my life depended on it. My words were flat. The urge to pray was gone. I tried working it up. I couldn't work it up. Finally, I dropped my face into the carpet, and I said, God, you needed me. And I chose the Dallas Cowboys. And I said, if anybody, wow. anybody would have said, who's more important to you, Jesus or the Dallas Cowboys? I would have said, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Right. I said, I just proved who was more important. You needed me, and I chose the Cowboys. And the Lord said something to me I'll never forget the rest of my life. He said, son, I don't want your five hours of sacrifice. I want obedience. And all of a sudden, I realized, wow, that's relationship. Sacrifice says, yeah, God, I'll do it at this point in time. What God needed was my heart 
to be have him as more important and really mean it. And that's that's what I'm trying to say is what what our heart is set on is comes from what we seek. And so that was the difference between me as a junior in college and me as a person who was now working for a church staff that lost my passion for Jesus. And a passion for Jesus is something John writes about with great passion. He lives it out and uh, so transparent, so open, um, wonderful writer, wonderful communicator. I want you to get this book. It's Good or God? It's question mark there. Comparison even in the title. What is true good? What is authentic good? Is there a counterfeit good? This book is available to our, on, at our e-store. We want you to get it. John Bevere, thanks so much for uh, just decades now of faithful service to Christ. And uh, we love and appreciate you. It's an honor. Thank you. Honor God, bless you. Thanks. God bless you, John. John Bevere, get the book. That was John Bevere, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under John Bevere, Does God Want Obedience or Sacrifice? You can also find out more information about John and his wife, Lisa, at their website, messengerinternational.org. That is all I have for you today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Morning Moxie, and I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless you.